guys, Michael here with WeddingVideographySchool.com. Hope you guys are having a great week. I know I am. A um, couple bits of business before we jump into the show today. Uh, check out Wedding Videography School on Instagram if you haven't already. I'm trying to get some followers. Uh, it's slow going, but uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, so go ahead and help me out there if you can. Uh, if you need a wedding videography contract for your business, uh, just go to WeddingVideographySchool.com slash contract. You can find one there. And if you want to check out a cool video on YouTube this week, uh, check out one by Sam Friganese. I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce his name, uh, but I actually like following this guy on YouTube. Um, you can his username on YouTube is Sam, just S A M, and then uh, Fregonis or something like that. F R E G O N E S E, um, and it's just all one word on there. Uh, he's got some cool videos, and one that some of you guys might be interested in is watching him uh, edit a wedding film uh, live. Um, basically, uh, he spends like two and a half hours just editing uh, a wedding. Uh, highlight video from start to finish. Um, I don't know if it, I haven't actually sat through it because he's kind of got a little bit of a different style than I do. So um, I haven't sat through it. I don't know if he's edited the, that together or um, if that's him just knocking out a whole edit. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure he's probably, he probably did some work up front on that. So um, anyway, uh, regardless, uh, you should check him out on YouTube. He's got some other really cool videos up there too. Um, he just put up a black magic pocket cinema camera 4k, uh, video, um, where he just kind of shows off that camera in his style. He does a lot of stuff where he shoots, um, models, um, just looking good in front of the camera. Um, which, which I happen to enjoy, and he'll just put some background music and stuff behind it. Um, pulling up one right now. Yeah, here's the one with the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K. Uh, he shoots a bunch of stuff in, in 60 frames per second, like kind of how I do. So, um, yeah, it's like I'm looking at this video, and it's just it's really cool given that he only had um, like an hour and a half with the camera. Um, so, yeah, I... Actually, I went ahead and ordered my Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K. Uh, that's a really long name for a camera. I'm just going to say uh, Pocket 4K or something from now on. Um, but it should be here uh, by the end of the week. I found someone who is selling them online. Um, if you go to B... <coughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry about that. If you go to B&H or Adorama or any of those, um, any of those big box stores... Um, you're going to see that it's, it's pretty, it, it, they're, everybody's sold out. Um, and, and those big stores, they have huge, uh, wait times because they have a ton of pre-orders. And, um, what my supplier is telling me is that, um, those big box stores attract a ton of waitlist people and they only get like a hundred units, uh, a month or something or 200 units a month to send out. Um, so you're better off going to like a smaller supplier to get your, uh, your pocket cam if you're looking to, to buy one of those. Cause they're pretty much sold out everywhere. You can go on eBay, but, um, you're going to pay like, like I'm going to pay a little bit more for mine just cause of the shortage. Um, 
but like I'm getting mine for like seventeen fifty. Now they're priced at like I think with tax and everything, you could get them for like fourteen hundred regularly. Um, so I, I am paying like a three hundred fifty dollar premium. But if you buy it now on um, on eBay, you're looking at close to like a thousand bucks. So I'm kind of ending up somewhere in the middle there. Um, so yeah, find a smaller uh, find a smaller um, supplier to buy from. Um, don't go to B and H or Adorama or anything like that. Um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it for those little bits of business here. Uh, today's topic: um, something that maybe you don't really equate with wedding videography, and it might seem a little off topic, but it, it's not to me. And today's topic is health. Um, I'm 32, almost 33 years old. And for the most part, I've been a pretty healthy individual. Um, no real health problems to speak of. Um, but over the last few years, I've really been trying um, to cut soda, fast food, and alcohol out of my diet. Um, those are things that really, really have no place in our bodies. Um, I'm not saying you can never drink. Um, or you can't celebrate with um, some champagne on New Year's Eve. By the way, Happy New Year's. Hope you guys had a great holiday and all that. Um, but really, that, that kind of stuff really doesn't belong in our bodies. Um, and so for the last few years, I've been trying to cut that stuff out <clears throat> to really no avail. It's been quite difficult. And you guys will have to uh, bear with me here. I've got a little bit of a sore throat. I had actually lost my voice a couple days ago, and thankfully I've got it back, but it's uh, still kind of tough sledding here as far as uh, my my uh, very sexy voice, right? Yeah, so it's that's I'm still working on getting that back. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I have not had soda, fast food, or alcohol in six weeks. Um, something that I had been trying to do for a really, really long time and just could not get over that hump. Um, and it's a really interesting kind of weird story. And this is all stuff that's kind of unfolding right now, um, that I don't know quite how to explain or talk about on the podcast, but I'm going to do, do my best here. Um, I, for most of you guys know I had a neck injury. I talked about it on a previous podcast. Uh, I was at the gym, was lifting some heavy weights, leaned back on the inclined bench and underneath me, the bench just like jiggled and wobbled, uh, when I leaned back and it felt like I was going to topple over. So instinctually I, I whipped my neck forward and like just threw my whole body forward while I was holding these heavy weights. And I felt like a pop and long story short, um, I thought nothing of it at the time. And then I, I, I got home and realized, oh man, I must've strained my neck or whatever. Um, and as it turns out, I think I did a little more damage than I initially had thought. Um, because almost immediately after, um, straining my neck, I had my first panic attack. Um, and for those of you who've never had a panic attack, it is a very unsettling, very, honestly, it's a scary thing. Um, it's hard for me to admit that something scares me, but I will admit that, um, this crazy panic attack that I had, um, a few weeks back was, um, really, really scary. Um, and since then I've had, um, anxiety, 
um, a little bit of um, maybe, I don't know if it's depression or like lethargic, feeling lethargic and feeling like uh, I kind of want to put, you know, some of my work off till tomorrow or whatever, which is very unlike me. Um, so I actually have an orthopedist appointment tomorrow to get checked out and, you know, get some imaging done of my neck and shoulders and all that kind of stuff to see if there's anything physical that can be done, maybe some physical therapy or something I can do to help, um, improve this anxiety. Um, and I'm also going to be going to see uh, a therapist who specializes in anxiety as well. So, but for those of you who don't know what that's like, it is very terrifying and so I feel like, um, I feel like it's definitely connected to the neck injury. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the a, a lot of the signals, well, all of the signals that your body sends to your brain and that your brain sends to your body, um, they travel through your neck, um, and your spine and all that kind of stuff. So, um, still don't quite know exactly what's going on, but I can tell you that, um, with one of the, the, one of the panic attacks that I had lasted for like 24 hours. And it was, like I said, just one of the worst experiences that I think I've ever had. Um, and part of it was I became very, um, I, I convinced myself that I was dying of a terminal illness. And I know that might sound crazy to some people, right? Like what? <laughs> well, you have, sounds like you're healthy enough. You don't have any, uh, you don't have any crazy medical history um, or, or anything like that. I had no evidence to believe that I was actually um, dying, but that's how I felt, right? That's what my brain was telling me. And I actually, I've done some research since then on anxiety and panic attacks, and that's exactly what happens in your brain. You think that you're in danger, um, and because you don't see any actual danger in front of you, you might latch on to some other sort of non, um, you know, visual, um, thing to be afraid of. And so I, I latched on to health. Um, and it's the craziest thing. So for the last six weeks, I've had zero desire. I shouldn't say zero, but almost no desire to drink alcohol, um, to have soda, to have fast food. And not only that, Um, I have cut out like just normal everyday foods too, that people would think are like, okay for you. Right. Like some people eat cereal. I don't really eat cereal. Um, I definitely don't eat it now. Um, things like granola, um, lots of different kinds of trail mixes that aren't really healthy for you. Um, really just stuff like, you know, like spaghetti and tacos. Like I'm not eating any of that stuff. Um, partly because, I got, you know, this, this panic attack had a, I think a pretty lasting effect on me. Um, but also because I think it became very real to me through the panic attack that, um, a lot of the foods that we eat, especially here in the States, um, I know some of you guys are overseas listening to this, but a lot of the stuff we eat here in the States isn't very good for us. Um, and things, there's things that we think are good for us. Like we think, oh, whole wheat bread is really good for you. Uh, bread in general isn't really that great for you. And even the 100% whole wheat breads that you find at the grocery store, you look at the back ingredients and they have like 20 ingredients on them. And that's not like, 
it's not just bread. There's other stuff in there that's not good for you, and it keeps it on the shelf longer, helps them sell more bread. Um, and it's just, it's not good for you. And there's a lot of stuff that we eat, you know, like we, I, we used to have taco Tuesdays at my house up until six weeks ago. And, um, tacos were like, oh yeah, tacos are, they're not, they're not great for you, but they're not bad for you. But really tacos aren't really that great for you. At least not the kind of tacos we make. We, we put all this seasoning on our tacos at home and we, uh, you know, it comes out of a packet. God only knows what's in it, but I can tell you it's not, it's probably not very good. Um, you know, you get the, you get the tortilla, the, the flour tortillas or whatever. That's not, there's no real nutrition in that. Um, or you get the shells. There's no real nutrition in that. Um, and, and then like what the best thing you put on your taco is like, um, well, my wife doesn't eat beef, so I have to do turkey tacos. Um, the best thing we put on there is turkey, but we still douse that in the seasoning packet that we got from the grocery store. Um, and we also, you know, like the other thing we put on there is like cheese and lettuce. Well, lettuce is fine, I guess, but it's not, it's not healthy. So there's all these things that we eat day to day here, especially in the U S like I said, that just aren't healthy and we think it's fine. And that's, listen, I'm not saying you can never eat it, but we have to be really conscious about what we're eating. And so if you guys want to be as conscious as I am and as I am as of six weeks ago, <laughs> um, then here's what I recommend. I recommend that you eat lots of fish, lots of lean meat. So like chicken, turkey's fine. Um, I wouldn't really eat, you know, a lot of red meat. I have had a couple steaks. I've had, I think, two steaks over the past six weeks. Um, I think that's fine. Don't go overboard on the beef. Um, sausages, I, I would stay away from sausage. A lot of that stuff is processed. I think almost it's probably all processed, to be honest. Even like all the uh, the stuff that says all natural and um, whatever. The, the word natural isn't really regulated here in the U.S., as it turns out. Um, you can really put the word natural on almost any product, and you're not going to get in trouble for it. I think there's a little more... Um, stringent guidelines for what you can put the word organic on. Um, so I encourage you guys to kind of steer more towards things that are organic versus things that are that say they're natural. Um, yeah, so fish, um, some lean meats, not a ton. Um, stay away from like deli meats and cheeses and stuff. They put a lot of extra sodium in there and preservatives to help keep that stuff to last longer. Um, yeah, uh, dark leafy green vegetables, obviously like those big spring mix salads at the grocery store are awesome. Those, those dark ones, um, you know, things like broccoli, cauliflower, um, yeah, just, just that kind of stuff. Vegetables, um, some berries like blueberries, uh, maybe some blackberries, stuff like that. Um, nuts, nuts are really good. Seeds, um, make sure when you buy nuts, just eat them raw. Don't get like the roasted salted nuts and stuff like that. Just get them, get them raw. Um, yeah. What else have I been doing? I pretty much been sticking to water only. Um, I'll buy some fresh lemons and then I'll squeeze, I'll cut them in half, um, throw one half in the fridge, um, squeeze, um, half of a half basically. So a quarter of a lemon into my water in the morning. Um, I'll have yogurt with that, um, and not, not regular yogurt, um, Greek yogurt, plain, 
Um, I'll mix in some chia seeds, some flax seed, and some like dried cranberries. Um, if you go with the dried fruit, make sure you uh, you don't get it from um, like the packaged section. There's like a whole section um, of fruits in bags and stuff, and a lot of that stuff they add sugar to. Um, so usually near the vegetable aisle or um, kind of the more natural stuff, the produce you can find. Um, it's it's prepackaged nuts and stuff, but you can find stuff that's that's just raw. Um, and you'll find seeds there too. So try to find some organically grown, uh, seeds there. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. It's not too hard to eat healthy. Um, I think for most people it's a motivation thing, but if I can do it, you can do it. And hopefully you don't have to have a panic attack to do it. Um, but just know that we, we don't eat well in this country and, um, you know, you got to consider where your food comes from. Uh, disease is a destructive and very scary thing to deal with. I watched my mom um, die when I was 23 years old from lung cancer. And that took her within like a year, a year and a half or so. And so I watched my 58 or 57 or so year old mom go from looking like she was 57 to looking like she was like 86 in like a year. And it was very um, traumatic and very, uh, when you see it, um, it, you kind of, you realize like, I don't want anything ever to happen to me like that. Um, you know, a lot of us, we hear about heart disease, we hear about cancer, we hear about all these different things and we think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that probably won't happen to me. And it probably won't, hopefully it doesn't. Um, but you know, the way that you cut your risk for that is to, is to eat healthy, um, and, and to exercise. Um, and as videographers, we have to be in good shape. Um, we all have one body. We can't switch out our bodies like we switch out our cars. A lot of us get a car and we're like, I'll drive this for 10 years. I might skip an oil change here and there. Um, and then, you know, if it breaks down, I'll just go out and buy a new one. But listen, if you want to approach life with your car like that, that's fine. But you can't do it with your body. So I encourage everybody to eat well, exercise, um, consider where your food comes from. And lastly, I want to talk about something that I've kind of had to discover, um, not by choice, but this anxiety has forced me to, um, take time to de-stress. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to be doing now, um, and that I actually started a couple weeks ago, um, is, you know, before I was like, Oh, I could probably, edit a ceremony and organize all my footage in one day. Well, I don't need to do that in order to knock out a wedding in a week. Um, I can just edit the ceremony on one day. I can organize all the footage on the next day. Um, I can do the base edit the following day. I can do, um, you know, I can finalize the base edit the next day or even the day after that and still really get everything done in about a week. And so now, um, you know, today, aside from this podcast, I'm not doing anything today other than I um, edited a ceremony. So I'm going to take the rest of the day um, to just kind of de-stress, maybe go for a little bit of a jog um, and, and find some activities um, where I get outside, um, breathe in some fresh air and just uh, take a little time to not be working, which really goes against 
everything I've ever stood for. Um, I'm a person who really likes to work. I really like to get things done. I like to be ahead of the game and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I realize that I can only do that for so long before it starts to have negative effects on me. Um, and I'm learning to cope with this anxiety. I don't know if it's something that I'll ever be able to get rid of. Excuse me a sec. <coughs> Jeez. Uh, man, my, my kid brought me this terrible cold home from daycare. So I'm, I'm just dealing with that. Um, you know, I don't know if anxiety is going to be a part of my life going forward. Hopefully, you know, and I'll keep you guys a little bit updated on this kind of stuff. Um, but hopefully going forward, I can find, uh, you know, some physical therapy or, or whatever that will actually, um, you know, hopefully get rid of it. But in the meantime, you know, I'm just kind of learning how to, how to deal with stress, um, and anxiety and panic. Um, and, uh, what I'm realizing is I can't just bury myself in work like I used to. And that's honestly how I've escaped a lot of, uh, uh, situations or escape dealing with a lot of things in my life is I've just used kind of, I've just used work to kind of, I, you know, bury myself in it. And then, um, you know, it's like burying yourself in a load of laundry, right? Like when you're a little kid and your parents dump the laundry on top of you and you can't be seen. <laughs> I, I kind of like to do that with work, uh, whenever I, whenever something's going on that I don't want to deal with. But in this particular situation, I can't do that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm learning one day at a time here. Um, and I haven't always been good at, at, uh, de-stressing and taking time off. Um, so anyway, exercise, eat well, and de-stress, take time for yourself. These three things will dramatically reduce your risk of health problems. And, um, you know, obviously less health problems equals more life, more money, more happiness. I listen, I still like money. I still like working. I'm still going to be doing it. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, finding that balance, I think, for me. Um, and one more thing. I know this has kind of been an odd podcast because it's not specifically wedding videography related, but I do think that if you're a self-employed wedding videographer, you need to take care of yourself. I mean, it's it's right up there with you need to get good at uh, editing or you need to get good at um, shooting or whatever, like it's right up there. Like, if, cause if you don't have your health, what do you, what do you really have? You don't really have anything. Um, and so for all my self-employed listeners out there, um, I'm going to recommend that you guys get some disability insurance. Um, now this is something I actually got for myself about two years ago. Um, yeah, I think it was right around two years ago, I actually went out and took the step of getting disability insurance. And it's not really that hard. You can find a bunch of people who, who sell disability insurance. I think I have my, um, my disability policy through uh, Northwestern Mutual. Um, yeah, and I, th I can't remember the exact cost. I think it's like 120 bucks a month for me, um, which sounds like a lot. Uh, but basically if I, if I get injured or if something happens to me and I can't work anymore and I can no longer do my job, um, that policy will pay out a certain amount. I think for me, it's like 4,800 bucks a month. And then after that, I would also be able to actually, yeah, it's, yeah, I can't remember. I, 
I'll, I'll have to look, but basically, um, with my Northwestern policy and then the benefits that I would, um, qualify for through social security, um, yeah, I would qualify for about $4,800 a month in disability benefits if something were to happen to me right now and I, I couldn't work anymore. And that would, that would be okay. Like not ideal. Like obviously I'd rather go out and make way more money. Um, but I, uh, that, that would cover my bills at least and take care of my family. Um, so you guys, you know, you never know when something might happen. Um, I was just at the gym one day, like doing my normal thing. And then now all of a sudden I have panic attacks, right? And I don't know how long they're going to last. Um, so you, life can change in an instant and sometimes it can be more severe, right? Like I could have been in a really bad car accident or something. You just never know what might happen and you want to protect your income. Um, you want to make sure that you can provide for yourself. And if you have a family, you definitely want to make sure you can provide for them. So I would definitely look into getting disability insurance. So find an insurance agent and talk to them about that. Get a bunch of different quotes and, and figure out what uh, works best for you guys. And with that, um, thanks for listening. Till next time, later. <laughs>